When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Yas here and I just wanted to say it's great to have you join me today because I'm sure we're going to have another fantastic episode. So whether you're here for the first time or if you're one of the repeat loyal listeners of the show, I truly appreciate you. But before we get to today's guest, I just have a small favour to ask and that's if you could just take a brief moment to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Ensure that you share it with all your coaching friends and don't forget to get in touch guys. Let me know your thoughts on what you think of today's episode or any of the recent episodes you've listened to. You can do this on Twitter at the Coaches Net. Once again, that's at the Coaches Net. And please make sure you do, as I'd love to hear your thoughts, guys. Anyway, on to today's show. I hope you enjoy it. Have a great day, guys. The Coaches Network. Hey, guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent, and personal development. My name's Coach Yas, and I'm a UEFA A license football coach, coach developer, and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons, and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name is Coach Yasin. I've got a very special guest with me today. My guest today is Ahmed Akdag. Ahmed, how are you, man? Talk to me. Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Really, really doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, very well, thanks. I'm really looking forward to this one. Obviously, you know, we've, we've known each other for a little while now, but, you know, I think it'd be great to really dive deep into your experiences, your journey and, and how you've got to where you got to today. So let's let's start with that. You know, who are you? What do you do? And we'll, we'll tell off from there. Yeah, it's interesting. We get, we get asked this question all the time. And I think generally what we start doing is um, we start talking about our CV. <laughs> but, but it isn't a CV. I think, who, who am I? I think, so like born in London, Turkish Cypriot background, uh, father of two children. And these are the things that kind of helped me in, in, in what I do, you know, that that's that's kind of what su- supported me and motivated me to, to, get, to get me to this stage in terms of my love for football. I started playing football as a, as a young kid from I think age seven or eight for your local grassroots teams in London. And um, was always passionate, committed, always wanted to win. Still the same now, if, if anything, even more. And, um, and and football's kind of been the one thing that I've always done, that I've always loved, that I've always had that kind of unconditional love and interest for. And um, that continued into primary school and secondary school. Played a decent level of football, played for county and district. Played a little bit of academy football, um, had a couple of injuries and then uh, ended up in semi-professional football. And I think whilst I was playing that level of football, I then had my first child, which was my um, 16-year-old boy now, Roman. And um, and I think that's when it starts to get a little bit difficult in terms of playing football. You know that you 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 have commitments and you start looking at yourself. You know whether football is going to be the thing for you and how far you can go with it. And obviously life and uh, everything becomes serious in terms of you know trying to make ends meet. So that kind of lent on to that coaching. I think when I gave up football, 
coaching was always going to be like the natural transition, natural step for me in terms of going into something that I loved that can hopefully um, follow on from what I was doing in football, you know, those kind of leadership skills, communication and organisation, that passion and that, you know, and wanting to inspire people and engage with the, the footballers and young people or old people, whoever it might, whoever it might be. And so I think that's kind of like a, a little bit more of an in-depth background than me just saying, right, yeah, but I've been at this club and I've done this and I've done that. That's kind of who I am. And um, and I think with where I am now, you know, obviously working for Newcastle United Football Club, you know, I've been coaching for, for in, in football since I think leaving secondary school, really, when I first started volunteering. Um, and that was like from the age 16, 17. And I'm 41 now. Do you know what? Whenever I say my age, I always forget kind of where, how old I am. It's my birthday this month, funny enough. I think I'm going to be 42. And I say I think. Um, <laughs> so I think I've been coaching for over 20 years um, and it's been one hell of a journey. And a journey that I absolutely enjoy and, and I'm grateful for. Awesome, awesome. I, lo I love the way that you started off, you know, talking about your love for the game, you know, in particular with your kids as well and how they've kind of been an influential impact in you in this. Um, but obviously, you know, you talked there 20, 25 years almost experience. Yeah. Hasn't been easy, hasn't been, hasn't been, um, what's got, you know, it's had his ups and downs. But I guess my question to you is, you know, you talked there about leaving the semi pro game as a player and then moving into coaching. What you, you said, you also mentioned it was a natural transition for you. Why yeah. was that? What was it about coaching in particular that kind of caught you? Because one of the key things I've really looked to do on the podcast is really speak to loads of different people like yourself to really find out what. What was it for them that moved them into coaching if that's where they've ended up? And you know, for many people listening to this, they probably agree with you in some capacity to say that, that coaching is a natural transition. But I think you'd, you'd also agree that maybe coaching isn't for everyone. And yeah. one of the key things I've really tried to do on the podcast is try and bring a range of guests and range of different individuals from different backgrounds, whether coaches, whether working analysis or whatever else that may be, just to kind of highlight there's so many different paths and the way the game has grown now is there's even more past now than there ever was before. So what, what was it about coaching in particular? Do you think, having looked back on that, it was because it was yeah. the only path that was kind of, you know, on show, if you like? Yeah, it's a brilliant question, yes. I think for me, like, speaking honestly and open-heartedly, I think, I think for me, like, I think when you're playing football and you've always played football as a kid, you know, everyone has these aspirations of just being on TV with their, with their idols and their role models and, Wanted, wanted, want to play professional football, and obviously that that stopped for me when I was playing a decent level in semi-professional football. And I always gave it my all, but I knew that it was probably my time to kind of give it up. And I think you have those stresses and challenges as well, like in the background. Like you know, I didn't only have my son Roman, I also had my daughter Mia, who's who's now I think twelve this month. And um, you know, like you 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 have responsibilities. You've got a you know you've got to work and. You know, when you play a level of semi-professional football, you get you can get a decent money for it, but it's not really enough. And I think one of my jobs that I was doing in, in my kind of early 20s, I was working for the local authority in, in Southwark, which is an area, you know, like Brixton and Campbell and Woolworth. And there's been a lot of talent that's come out of those areas. And, and, and there's a lot of support needed with those kids that, that go to the local primary schools or, that, or live in the local states. And it was a job that was really re rewarding for me, you know, it simply for me at times it was working in a school and then going into the local states with a bag of footballs and literally just talking to people and saying, hey, come on, let's play a game of football. And that was brilliant for those kids because it was inspiring for them, but also for me to be able to support young people, whatever age they were, 
and just really trying to be a positive role model. So I think in answer to what you said, it was probably always going to be a natural transition for me because of my love for football. That's one. I think the other thing for me is I love I love being around people. You know, I love I love helping people. I love care, I, I care for people naturally. I want to see the best in them and I try to get the best out of myself. And I think if I can do my utmost to, to support people and help them be, you know, that 10 percent, 20 percent better or that or be better in one thing that maybe they're not doing, I get a lot of. You know, I get a lot of satisfaction from that. I just yeah. want to see people do well. Like it hurts me in it, like with things that you see out there at the moment, like things even happening in London where my kids have grown up and my daughter still grows up. That hurts me. Like, you know, and even now I can feel it because for me, I want the best. I want these kids to be able to grow up and have the best yeah. environment and have the best people around them. And I'm not yeah. saying I'm the best, you know, and it doesn't mean that you have to be a football coach to be the best. Yeah. Um, but football is a game that's played around the world um, and it's on TV and it's one ball that you need to make friends and just to give you that joy. And that's given me joy. Um, and I've, I've delivered presentations in the past, whether it be with a mentee uh, program that I've done over the last couple of years. And there's a there's a real uh, there's a picture that I've used and I use it quite often where it's just me walking in, in, in Greenwich Park in London with the ball just gripped in my hand. And I think I think that picture sums everything up in a thousand words. You know, I've got my ball. I'm walking in my path, um, and that's all I need. And obviously, I, you know, family's everything for me, and I've got friends that are close as well. But I don't yeah. have many friends, um, if, if I'm honest. You know, it's literally me and my family, and football. So I think hopefully that answers your question. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not always going to be a natural transition for everyone, and it might not be that you go into coaching. But for me, that was the one thing that I've always done. Um, yeah. and, and and I think the next, I think the the other point I want to mention as well is that I think there might have been a little bit where I wanted to keep keep living my dream. I always question that where I wanted to be a professional footballer. Okay, does that mean I'm only coaching because I kind of want to be attached to that 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 dream of being a footballer? If that makes sense. But I think the natural parts was all the characteristics that I had as a footballer. So I was always captain in my teams. Um, and I don't think that was by fluke. I think that was because of the leadership qualities, you know, the, the passion. Uh, again, wanting the best for my teammates and the players, but also wanting the best for myself. And and that might have meant just to win, but also just obviously to 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 be the best that we can be. So I think I think th those were the kind of natural things for me, which would yeah. maybe be different for someone else. And, and I think there's, there's quite a few things that you've touched on there that kind of just take my mind in a different direction. I want to start by talking about, obviously, your care and your, you know, your, your compassion and your just, you know, you want for everyone to succeed and just be better versions of themselves. And I think one of the things I often talk about, you know, in, in my line of work as a coach developer and as a mentor is that the role of the coach is a big thing. Right. And obviously, depending on the environment you're in, that role can be so many different things um in, you know you talk there about going out into the estates and just and just being around i guess the young people in the communities growing up in those those environments actually in many respects it's not about the technical stuff it's not about the on-pitch stuff it's actually the the dynamics that are the relationships that you build with them right and, and getting them to understand there's more to life than what they maybe see for themselves and one of the things I always challenge coaches to think about is you're as a coach in my opinion one of your number one roles and your objective should be to help the player to see more for themselves than they've ever imagined. Yeah. 
And if you can do that, then you're onto a good start. Uh, but also within that, it's also recognizing that you can't make people want something that they don't want. Brilliant. Right. Yeah. So it's it's identifying where are they at? What do they need? What do they want? But why do they want those things? And are those things um, sometimes challenged by limiting beliefs? Yeah. Right. And can you see more for that individual? And, and I think that's the role of the coach in, in, in some capacities, being able to see more than what they can imagine for themselves. And then obviously, you know, another key part of what you talked about is that those leadership qualities. Now, the reason why I asked you the question in the first place, because there's going to be so many people that, similar to what you said, that love for the game, that attachment for the game. That's why we're all here, right, in, in some way, shape or form. But actually, coaching isn't for all of us. And sometimes it's actually in a different capacity that we want to be involved. We want to be attached to that capacity of a professional environment or you know that dream that we maybe, maybe yeah. some of us had but actually there's so many different ways in which we can add that value and still be attached to it for some people it might be going into the medical medical side of things some people might be becoming physios for some people it might be sports science or strength and conditioning and all those things yeah. wherever their passion is but fundamentally we've all got that shared alignment of football being a passion yeah. so i guess my question to you then is yes that's where you, your journey started yes those are some of the things that are important to you However, what was it that's kept you in coaching in particular? Yeah, it's a brilliant question. And it's one that kind of gets me thinking. Um, real, real good question. What, what's kept me in coaching? I think, I think, I think it's one in those personal relationships with people. You know, uh, I, I know I've mentioned it and, and, and I wouldn't want to bore you with saying the same things. I think it's getting, I, I get a lot of satisfaction and, and a lot of, um inspiration from seeing young children wanting to do well for themselves but at the same time there's like I, I feel like a connection I feel like a connection it's a connection that maybe that I maybe didn't have when I was young you know playing football um and growing up in in the environments that I grew up and because I've I've, I've worked hard on my football journey to get myself to this point and and we've, we've you know we've done these I say I know I know yourself. You've done them as well, like your qualifications, and they're they're not the be one end all, because for me it's the experience that you gain and and those knowledge knowledge that you that you have through the different experiences that you've that you've that you've had over your journey of football and coaching, just life in general. I think I think it's the I think it's the connection for me. I think it's the connection, and I think football is like the um the middle point. I think if I could explain, and I know there's probably been many images out there that people have used. It's maybe having football in the middle and and then me and the player and another other people or other parts around around that and it's it's been able to kind of build those connections and those and those bridges between each other um, and having that mutual understanding of of what it is and what it takes to help people to keep developing. Hopefully that's answered your question. Um, it's, it's a real good question and, it, and it's one that's kind of getting me thinking and it's, it's it's interesting because at the moment I'm doing projects with the Premier League and my current project that I'm going to be working on is about who am I? And it's going to link into the type of questions that you ask and it might be a question that I actually use, you know, to get a real understanding of who am I and what it is that I do and why do I do what I do and how well do I do it? Yeah. Um, and there's, there's going to be many questions around it. And, and that will start with maybe being on the pitch, you know, in terms of coaching craft. But that might even just start, you know, with, you know, uh, you know, myself having conversations with players and families and, and actually videoing that and seeing kind of how I, how I, uh, 
how I perform or how I act, you know, in, you know, in, in those moments, because yeah. a, a lot of people say Ahmed's got a real good coaching manner and I hear it all the time and it's brilliant. Like it's, it's brilliant you know, in terms of like for yourself as a person to hear that, you know, when people praise you, but I don't really know what that means. Yeah, I, I, and I think I got asked something by one of the FA um, tutors as well, you know, before I jumped on the Advanced Youth Award. And they were like, oh, do you notice what you do? And I'm like, actually, I'm not sure I do. Like, and it's hard to describe when you're doing what you do and it's just something that you do natural. Yeah. If that makes sense, you, you know, yeah, how you know might, I think it's you just that sense might, of... Don't get me wrong, you know how you might talk to people, you know how you might sometimes get frustrated or upset or whatever it might be. And yeah. I guess that's part of wanting to learn more about that. But um, I really don't know. It's something that I just do what I do. And, and yeah. the point you made as well, like that, the, the first thing, the first thing I thought of was me and my son. Like he's 16 years old, and like, I had a bit of a bonding with him the other day. Like because it's like frustrating because like I'm on him to try and encourage and try and inspire and trying to. I guess I'm trying to, you know, help him understand of of the things that he could do that could yeah. be rewarding for him that or that could help him be a better yeah. person and he might need to go through some of that um that pain and some of that hurt to you know to really dig deep yeah. in order to be able to come through the other side yeah i guess the frustrating part is because i've had to come through that myself and it might be simply just reading a book and, I, and something in the book has you know it's really clicked with me i'm thinking well those things might hope hopefully help him yeah. Um, but you know, he, as you said, he has to understand that for himself. Like even the other day, I think I was saying, yeah. and this might not be relevant um, to what we're talking about now. Being with David, I was like, look, you know, should we start jogging together? Should we start training together? But I could feel he wasn't really on it. So I've had to say, you know what? Like I'm not going to do that. You're going to have to do that for yourself. And when you, when you feel you're ready to to do it, you either do it by yourself or you want to do it with me, and I'll be there to kind of do it with you. Um, yeah. And it's tough. It's tough, you know, when you're a father. And I guess I don't know if it's any easier or harder if it's someone different, you know. Yeah. Like, so going back to the point you made, you know, you know, turn up in a, at an estate um, with a bag of balls, and you talk to these kids who might be going through all kinds of issues in yeah. their environment, which I might not understand about at all. But maybe yeah. the one thing that I can maybe again, again, as I think about it, maybe the one thing that I might be is maybe just be truthful. Yeah. Be be trustful. Like I don't know if it's the right word, but be be genuine. Be genuine. Yeah. Like have a genuine interest in actually wanting to help these people that you've got time. So my session finishes at eight pm, but I'm there to eight thirty. I'm not looking at my time. I probably need to go yeah. back home and be with my family, and that's probably the most important thing. Yeah. Um. But you 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 you're there. You're you're visible, and I don't know. I don't know the other word I can think of, but you're there. Yeah, I, I think I get where you're coming from, and I think that for me, there's a it's a it's a big piece I've spoken about recently, and spoken to a lot of people about it around it, authenticity, right? You can't, <laughs> you, you can't. These are not things that you can pretend. Yeah, you can't. You can't act. You know, you can't act yeah. authentic because you know, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of it, right? You like you're you're yeah. there because you genuinely want to be there. And one thing I've always said to coaches whenever they're having a a challenging time, and is that. Parents, players, whoever's involved, can, they can forgive uh, quote-unquote failures or unsuccessful moments if they can recognise and genuinely see this person is trying. Yeah. If they can see that you're trying and you're actually putting your effort in, 
they're not going to fault you. They're going to that actually buys you time because it's like actually this person genuinely cares. This person wants to help. Like, um, and they might not have all the answers, and that's fine too. But you know, interestingly enough, you know, you talk, you talk, and every time I speak to you, and obviously even in this conversation, you've come back to the idea of family and your kids in particular a lot. Yeah. So, a question I've got for you, and, I, and I've got my own thoughts on this as well. Um, yeah. What has being a parent taught you about coaching, and vice versa? What a, what a brilliant question. So what what has being a parent taught me about coaching and vice versa, did you say? Sorry. Yeah, or in, in what in what ways yeah. has one one another helped in either yeah. You know, has 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 being a coach helped you become a better parent and vice versa? Do you think being a parent and what aspects of that has actually maybe translated and supported you becoming a better coach if you if you like? Yeah, when I think about being a coach and having the experience of being a parent and obviously um having that responsibility of looking after two children um and 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 having to be someone who who, who has to what's the word i'm looking for someone who has to you know earn so you have to earn so that you know you can provide you can provide for your family you can provide for your children because you want them to have the best things that maybe i think we all speak that maybe we didn't have when we grew up um, and we was always grateful, I think, you know, back in the day at different ages, different generations. But I think we was always, always grateful with the smallest things that we had and we made the best out of it. And obviously, uh, things have changed over time. But as a parent, you, you want to provide, don't you? You want to be able to give them things and always be there and support and guide. And I think I've, there's been probably many conversations in the past, even when I used to run my own coaching organisation in London. Um, and when I spoke to my old business partner, we always used to say like there's something about that as coaches but when you're a parent there's a different there's a different understanding like for for, for the people that you work with so like the players yeah. whether that be children or adults yeah because i always believe as adults we're still children anyway we still got the same uh characteristics or personalities the only thing that's different is that we recognize we've got responsibilities <laughs> but i'm like a kid still so like if, if, if you're around me you see like me do the silliest of things you forgot about this guy they're absolutely crazy like but it's it's the same type of things i would have done when i was younger and um and the same kind of infuses enthusiasm and energy i think i think it just gives you uh i think understanding understanding of some of the challenges that some of these kids face um so when i'm a parent and i see maybe my two children going through what they go through or some of the difficulties that i've had trying to provide for my kids as a parent you know where you're you're trying to stand up and be counted and you're trying to pursue your dreams and you know what you're what what kind of drives you but you're having to overcome a lot of those barriers and those challenges so it's it's really rewarding that you can you can you can be this parent where hopefully your children look up at you and think because they see you with their eyes all the time and they hear things that you say all the time and I think it's important that we we're aware of that and um and I think when you're when you're that parent who who, who puts your kids at the forefront and your family um, and you're consistent and it's consistent messages all the time I think even if you don't think your kids are listening and you can't get into them as, as the example I gave from my son earlier. Over time, I think you'll see the fruits of that labor, uh, yeah. or the fruits of what you've you tried to instill or install. Yeah. So I think on the reverse, when you're a parent and you're going through all those different dynamics, those experiences are kind of shaping you 
I think. So you're still, I'm, I, I think I'm still in parent mode when I'm with, with I, I say with my children at the club. Yeah. I put my arm around them. I'm very empathetic. And I'd like to think that a lot of people are, but I think some people are different. And you know, when you mentioned about authenticity and being authentic, like, and, and it's going to be interesting, this project that I'm doing, because sometimes I, I feel like, uh, do parents think, oh my God, he's a bit too much. He's putting his arm around my child and then maybe I'm just rubbing the back with someone's, you know, like the back or someone's had a haircut. I'm like, oh, what a trick. You know, just little things. And I just do it like genuinely. Like, I don't I don't mean to be uh, creepy in a way. I don't try to, you know, be someone's dad or someone's mum. But I also understand that if, if a child doesn't have uh, a mum or dad, not that I know everything about them, I'm not obviously going to be that second person, but I'm, I'd like I'd like to show that 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 empathy and that love for that child. And I don't care how good he is at football, whether he's our A players in terms of the academy, everyone yeah. gets treated the same. They might get treated different in some things because maybe their their individual needs are different. Yeah. Um, and I've got to show an understanding of that. Um, yeah. And that takes time. That takes time to build those relationships as well, think, especially in my role. I always say that just on that, sorry to cut you there, is it's it's important to recognise that we, we can't treat people equally, but treating them fairly is what they need. Yeah. Um, equally, I think, leads us down the path where we do it because you just treat them equally. Everyone gets yeah. the same treatment, but actually we then, we then become less empathetic and maybe ignorant yeah. of what their individual needs are. So I think it's recognising, yeah. like... We all, we all are different. We all, you know, maybe several years ago, a couple of decades ago, there was a bit of a, maybe a different mindset around what coaching should look like and could look like and who should be supported in a particular way. And everyone is like a one-size-fits-all approach, right? Yeah. Um, and you either, you either fit in or you didn't. And I think now it's definitely moving to a much more, uh, I think, person-centered is probably the best way to describe yeah. it. Yeah, uh, it's just having that individual approach, but it's also recognizing that actually, as coaches as well, like you've touched on there, we don't have all the answers. So sometimes it might actually be, do you know what? Yeah. In a in a combination of coaches or staff, as in me and you can be working together, some might click better with with you than they might click with me, and vice yeah, versa, right? So it's us being able yeah. to have those open, honest conversations. Say, do you know what? Actually, I'm, I don't think I can really, you know, tap into that one there. That might be one for you to lead on, but then we will yeah. build our own relationship as long as the players are feeling like they're getting the support that they need. But also, you know, within that, I, you know, just maybe thinking about a question that I often ask as well, is that... Can I just mention something as well? Yeah, yeah definitely. Before I forget in my head as well, I think, I think, and I think because it's, it's, a, it's what we're talking about is really important for coaches that, that are either in the game at the moment on their own individual journeys or anyone that wants to come into coaching. Because I think when we talk about interview, interview processes as well, a lot of what we're talking about I think is what a lot of is is a, is a lot of what the clubs want to hear, but not just want to hear. They want to believe and trust what you're saying. And I think sometimes, as coaches, because it's because it's football that we're playing, and we 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 see what's happening on the TV, and we we influenced by maybe some of these managers and coaches, and you know whatever it is that you're engaged in in terms of football, which which as you mentioned earlier about why I do coaching and and what helps these individuals do coaching, and why is it that they want to you know, be involved in football. I think it's important that coaching isn't always about the X and the O's and the the four three three or the five three two or you know or in possession out possession. And it's it's important for people to understand that you know if you're looking to to progress as a coach, 
and you're potentially going to go for jobs and have interviews, you have to really think about why it is that you're doing coaching and 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 it will naturally come out in 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 in, in what you talk and, and and how you answer these questions and in interviews. And people will trust and believe you. And if they don't, that could be the key. Or, or the one thing that maybe stops you from getting a job. Don't get me wrong. People obviously want people to know about football and there's the qualification side of things as well. We'll, we'll, we'll get you in or, or we'll get you that opportunity at least to be in front of these people. But the, one of the most important things, and I think that that I that maybe helped me in, in, in achieve my role at Newcastle is that I think most people in this club here, if not all, have a genuine love to, to, to help people in terms of the players, including coaches. Um, and I think that's the one thing. That's the one thing that, um, that the club always talks about a lot. And I think that's probably something that I spoke about in my in my interview that I have with the, with the club. And it would have been genuine as as I'm talking to you that as I'm talking yeah. to you now. It's it's something that I feel very passionate about. Um, and I can remember I remember as far as back when I was doing my my coaching academy with my ex-business partner, which we started on at the A-Lifes at St George's Park, where we just started talking, just like this now. And the reason we were going to do it is because we wanted the players to have the have the best, what we thought was the best in terms of opportunities, opportunities to play football, opportunities to feel comfortable, opportunities to be in a, a positive, caring environment where they feel like they can be themselves and express themselves. They feel like they can go to someone and talk to someone if they have any issues in football, any challenges outside of football, um, and that we we will always be there for them. Um, and I think that's that's one of the keys. No, definitely. I think it's just that authenticity piece that comes out again. You know, you just got to be yours. Not, I think the important thing to remember with that is not everyone's going to, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And that's fine. Yeah. Some people are going to have you, some people aren't. And I think it's important just to kind of, you know, even coming back to what you said at the start about, you know, not necessarily having a lot of friends, it's just being families like, the key thing that really stood out for me there was actually if anything the people you're around are people that accept you for who you are does well, that make sense and i think yeah, that bit that bit's so key right um but let, let, let's 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 go let's dive into you a little bit then you know you talk at the top you know almost 20 25 years experience yeah. um moving into semi pro uh, for leaving the semi pro environment to move into coaching obviously you've had some yeah. different experiences you're at newcastle now so let's let's talk about that how, how did you first get into coaching what was that like what where did you where did you where did that journey begin for you yeah so um so when I was playing when I was playing football at school I think I always took on some extra uh, roles and responsibilities like you know like some you know you you find some really good teachers that give you that little bit of responsibility like maybe organize a session and stuff like that which was which was really good for me um, and something that I grabbed with two hands so I think when I left school I think a lot of my jobs that I was working in initially was like kind of uh, sports shops. Again, just being around sports. And I think when I was, um, like many of us, I think when I was young, I had an absolute love for trainers and, and crepes, as people call it. You know, just one of the best crepes. <laughs> you know, and I think working in a sports shop helped, you know, with that. And I think one of my first coaching jobs that I went into was um, an organisation called Greenhouse, um, Greenhouse, Greenhouse Project, I think it was called. And it was based in Nunhead in in London, and it was again in an area where there was um where there was uh, it was it was quite disadvantaged, you know, you know challenges that kids have had had in the borough, and I, I just absolutely loved you know that I could um, be there for these kids and support them in every way possible, um, and just be a positive role model around them, and and that helped them, 
you know, achieve whatever they wanted to achieve, you know, even if even if that was during the session. So I think um, whilst I was playing and there was probably times where I recognised again, going back to that, some of those qualities that and, and characteristics that I that I possess, I wanted to go far with that. So I think I started, you know, start doing my, my level one and the level two, the traditional level one and two back in the day. And then um, I then started working and there was a bit of gap between my level two and my UEFA B. Um, and I always, I always wanted to go on to my UEFA B in terms of going into kind of that serious kind of football coaching um, in terms of, you know, coaching more about the game and stuff in, in, instead of, you know, what it might be like with level one or two and you, you know, it's just more about engagement. Um, not that it's never going to be about engagement in any other level, but I think that's where I started going with it um, and having that gap when I worked at Southern Council and then I became a parent. I was there was there was a period of time there where I wasn't really doing football coaching properly, but I was still kind of playing semi-professionally. And I think, as I said earlier, when I came out of semi-professional, uh, you know, football playing and recognizing that I wanted to kind of continue on that coaching journey, I then I then became a fun enough. I became um, what do you what do you call it? I guess um, basically I was I was I was at home. I was I was looking after my kids from home. So is it is it called a, 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 a house husband? I don't know. Like basically, <laughs> yeah, I, I was while my ex wife was um a stay at home dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, basically, yeah. I, I was literally doing, you know, doing everything, and I think that's why I think as parents you have that, you know, you everyone has that connection with their children. But mine was very deep, very very deep. Um, at least for me, anyway. Um, because I I done everything with them. You know, yeah. I remember you know doing the school run, running down the road like with the pushchair, and you know just even just you know doing that fitness in any way, just inspiring, yeah. trying to help your kids. Yeah. You know, just see things. And um, and whilst I was doing that, I was doing my I was doing my UA for B, so I was staying up late in the night. You know, after feeling tired during the day and probably wanted to have a nap and stuff and. Helping and you know, look and stuff like that. That, but like, I, I took so much out of that. You know, I took so much out of that. And I, I think even just talking to yourself now and thinking about, it, which I think sometimes we don't do. I don't think we stand still and think about how much you've actually done. Listen, I think, how I much you've actually achieved. Like, um, even with myself, I think about it. You know, I'm in a similar position. Well, you know, thankfully I'm not home all the time, but yeah. I spend a lot of time with my kids. You know, like those. You know, doing the nursery runs and school runs and all of that. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, I asked you the question earlier about what has parent, parenting taught me, uh, what has parenting taught you about coaching and vice versa. And I remember I had my first one when I was like 21, 22. Yeah. And then I've got two more now, about 10 years on. And I've got such a strong bond with my first one. And yeah. maybe because I was so young then, I was just going through the motions and just just trying to survive and be a parent and just, yeah, you know, just live life and grow up and whatnot. Whereas now... I'm able to kind of take a step back, reflect, you know, be a bit more consciously aware of the situation I'm in. And I'm actually seeing the fruits of some of that, you know, some of that labor that's gone in with the kids and actually building those relationships. And it it just gives you a different appreciation for all, for all these little moments. Right. So I guess, you know, if I'm thinking about it. But for, for you, then, you know, you, obviously your kids mean a lot to you and you you, yeah. you you can you can see that just in the way that you talk about them and you talk about your family in particular. How has that how has that shaped you as a coach? I know we talk about it being yeah. making me making you more empathetic, uh, yeah. maybe having a bit more compassion for people and being a bit more 
people oriented in a way where you just want them to have you know be their best selves if you like yeah I think I think it's obviously like you know coaching football is tough isn't it you know like I think and I think for anyone out there that wants to say be where I am and I'm not saying that's a be one end all uh, and I mean it in the most uh you know in the most grat gratitude way like I'm, I'm grateful for what I've got and I know there's people that want to be in the same position as me and you know and I'm happy to support and guide people in any way possible I think coaching you've got a plan you've got to organize you've got to communicate you've got to be responsible um you're going to have the ups and downs where you feel really vulnerable as a person where you're thinking about you know whether what you're doing is right maybe start watching other people you might lose um face of kind of who you are as a person because you maybe trying to be more who someone else is because you think what they're doing is right and what you're doing is wrong um you've got pressures outside um in terms of like whether it be your family whether it be the family of the kids as in parents whether it be how much money you're actually earning as a coach and the long hours that you do so i think one of the things in terms of kind of parents and how it shaped me as a coach i think you may i may be a little bit more methodical than what i do i try and be a little bit more present you know try and see where i'm at um and try and uh, and what i mean by being, being present not maybe thinking about too far ahead anymore and actually being grateful for where i am and and, and actually trying to in, in, enjoy that journey and say so if i don't if i'm not quite if i'm not doing uh, well at something and i need to be better at that that's okay i can actually fail at things and um and learn from them instead of trying to live this perfect world and perfect session plan and and then whilst i'm thinking about that other people are, are are achieving more than me because I'm still stuck in that rut. Actually, put good energy out there, put myself into positions and into opportunities where I'm going to fail because actually that's the right energy that I'm putting out there because I'm going to learn more from that. That's going to help me succeed and progress and develop, and it'll be done in my own time. So I think with that, where I might where I might fail as a parent, maybe I've made the wrong decisions with, I don't know, with my current partner now or my, or my two children or in the past in terms of my experiences. I think in a way that helps me make better decisions in the environments that I'm working in because naturally I'm here this is where I am I'm not going to think too much about the past because I'm more focused on where I'm going in the future if that makes sense but again I'm still happy in terms of being present and learning yeah. from some of the the, the 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 save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Success and mistakes that I've made in the past. Sure. So I think, yeah, it's a more methodical, um, if anything, more empathetic, because I, I, I'm aware that there's a lot more distractions out there, you know, for kids and teenagers and people in general, um, even adults and parents, you know, I, 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 if I can, if I can engage more parents and, I, and I've been a positive role model um, for them as well, then then we're all kind of winning, we're all winning, winning together because, I, you know, mm -hmm. I think sometimes um, I think we, we, I think the, the the language you use is that we're always dealing with parents, but actually we're working with them. And I think if we can work yeah. with them and work together, um, 
then I think we that you, you you build bigger relationships and stuff. So I think, I think you're spot on. I think um, that relationship with you know not specifically parents, but just the the support network of the individual players is yeah. so key, right? Because it's getting them on board. I mean, fundamentally, you're only going to have a limited amount of time with your players each week. Exactly. Yeah. Never mind what happens. You know, you can have those little conversations between and after training and after after and before games, but fundamentally, who are they spending most of their time with? So it's yeah. about you know it's almost educating those parents and collaborate with those parents. Like you said, it's not dealing with them; it's, it's working with them to try and maximize every every opportunity possible for the for the individuals. But I want to take you back a few moments. You know, you talked. One thing as well. Sorry, yes, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think a couple of things just come to mind as well. I think. The other thing as a parent and, and about me as a person, how it shaped me as coach, I think through being on the Premier League programme and uh, with, the, with the SIDS uh, programme and projects that, that I've been taking part in, uh, the work, some of the workshops that we've um, uh, been involved in has, has, has really helped me, has really shaped me as a person as well, and including the mentee programme that I always go back to, because um, that, that that was very transformational transformational for me in terms of some of the things I learned about myself as a person and that could have been simply waking up in the morning at five in the morning every day or at least five days out of seven and, and just trying to find a way that's that's suitable for me to help me be better and going back to kind of reading books and stuff and what I wanted to say and the reason I interrupted was that I think naturally I'm, I'm, I'm very like there's a lot of energy and enthusiasm and a lot of passion and I think sometimes that doesn't always serve well. So I think as a parent slash as a coach, I've tried to be more methodical in that. So if that was, when I mentioned the word methodical, that might be one of the examples. I also have very high standards. And I think sometimes you might see me on a touchline and, and yes, they might have been a, um, a great example where we're playing Manchester City and Manchester City, as we all know, they, you know, they keep the ball well and they do what they do. And, and then we might win the ball and there might be natural frustration. I'm using my hand and the body language, but it's not because I'm frustrated at their players. It's just because I just want so much. But then I've also got to be mindful about how others might perceive that. And also the standards that I'm also trying to uh, maybe Demand. ask the players to live up to, yeah. bearing yeah. in mind the context in terms but of their I, age. I think there's something really key, something really key in what you've said there. It's, it's a conversation that has you know, been a topic for... And, well, it's a topic of conversation for a lot of coaches I've had recently, and it's that the players have to see the passion from you as well. Yeah, right. The players have to see that because if they see it from you as the coach, that's yeah. that's powerful. Yeah, right. If they, you know, if you go to a game, and I know people say that results don't, it's not all about results, it's not all about the winning, but if they see that you're not really bothered whether you win or not, yeah. They're not going to be bothered with it when or not. Now, some yeah. of them will, some of them still will. Great, but you're not doing anything to enhance that, if that makes sense. And I think I think it's yeah. so important that yes, we're not saying that you have to win every single game. You, it, fundamentally, yeah. we'd be we'd we, you know we'd be foolish to believe that we could. But yeah. I think one thing we can do is help players understand and just people in general just understand. Well, no, we do what we want to go into every situation with the with the hope of winning. Yeah, with the effort that is required to win, with the, with the you know yeah. with that expectation of I'm going to give it my all, right? And that's that, that hard work piece you talked about earlier regarding your son and that. And I think that piece is so important. But you know, let, let, just coming back to something you said earlier about the level two and you know you, the gap between UA for B and you know wanted to do what you called more real coaching, if you like. Um, yeah. I think that piece is really important as well because I think there's a lot of people right now that are going, you know, going through that challenge of 
um, having maybe not been accepted onto the UEFA B and or been yeah. accepted onto UEFA B, but they're going onto the UEFA B because they want that next level of knowledge or they want to get access to that next yeah. that next level of uh, you know job role or whatever that might be. Just looking at your experiences and a way where you see things today, how what are your thoughts on coach education? You know, what do you, where do you think it sits now? Do you think it still um, it still offers the same things it did when you did your qualification? Do you think there's some yeah. real pros and cons? What are your thoughts on the whole on the whole yeah, landscape? I think, of coach I, think education? It's, I think I think it's developed in many ways, especially like with like the um, like the newer courses. You know, for example, so when I spoke about traditional one and two level one and two I know that it's kind of linked into the the, the, the youth modules now and, and and the youth modules in itself was it was a was a new course and it, and it and obviously it was more uh geared around the type of environments that or or, or, or the the type of situations that you might find yourself in working at grassroots or academy football in terms of it being around the, the, this feeling like it's more around the kids or, or more around the players and um and I think which is important to kind of bring it back to that. Um, and I think the education that I received over the years when I done my my, my coaching, I mean, I, I I can only I can't think too far back as level one or two, but I remember it being an enjoyable moment for me just to learn about the basics of football coaching and some of the games that went with that. So that was a great kind of uh, initial learning experience for me, especially when you're fresh and you're energised and you're enthusiastic and you just want to be involved in football. That's like the first bit that you do. Moving on to kind of like your way for being a license, I think some of the things or the challenges that I I've, uh, I thought as an individual that I had, and I think a lot of people maybe have had as well, is that some of the things that we learn on the courses um, was was maybe kind of maybe influenced us too much in terms of that we had to do this in this way or that there was a particular way that we had to do it and i think it's down to the individual like the coach they have to learn what's right for them um and i think each person is different in terms of how they take on information and what they choose to use if that makes sense um but i think in the past um maybe it, the courses that i've done and, and maybe the years after that i think it at times it maybe felt like there was only one way um and, and and that could have been maybe the the style and the delivery of of some of the coaches tutors on on the course uh, and and that was directed by the director if, if that's the case because obviously they're like the person that, that kind of runs the course um but what was nice about it in terms of being on some of those courses uh, so courses in those environments was that the diversity changed so the diversity of the, the tutors that were running those courses, I think that was a big step in coach education as well. Now as individuals like myself and seeing other participants, whether it be women or whether it be black ethnic minority coaches um, and, and obviously coaches uh, that are born in this country, it was more diverse. And I think having those that representation makes you feel like you're part of a bigger picture um mm. maybe before it maybe felt at times like you know you, you you don't know who to go to you maybe didn't feel as as comfortable because we not only do we have issues in the game with a lack of representation but we maybe have lack of rep representation in some of these courses as in education that we're that we're taking part on so i think there's bits where it's definitely developed um 
and it seems that it, it, it's, it's developing more. So just um, out of curiosity on that last point there, you talk there about more diversity across, you know, coach yeah. development workforce, essentially. Why is that important? It's important because I think as 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 people in 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 the generations or in in society that we live in, it's not just diversity in colour or man or woman. If 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 these are the correct terms that I'm using, apologies if I'm not. But it's also diversity in, in people. It's you know we spoke about earlier. You made really loads of good points about me and you will have lots of similarities, but we're going to be different. We've got different experiences and we've been in different journeys. And and I think the beauty of it is that. Whenever I've gone on courses and there's been more diversity, I've already said that I'm, I'm one of those people that love to be around people. And I, I tend to, I just tend to like, you know, I, I, I whether it be me, I, I gravitate to people. I just want to, I, I, I'm, I like making friends. I like learning about people. And I'm like, I'm really genuinely interested about people because that's going to help me learn more about the type of people that I might come across in the, in the years to come or the type of people that I might, uh, work with as in as in a coach because some of these kids might be from a similar background to someone I've met on a on a course in terms of ethnicity and and background. So I think it's important because it's the it's the experiences, it's the knowledge. I think if you've only got one particular type of ethnicity in these courses that we're that we're going on, and if people don't feel comfortable in terms of visually seeing people who they might perceive to look like. Then, then, then they might not be themselves. They might, they might feel vulnerable. They might not feel open to to be open with these people because you football as 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 a game as well. There's a lot of insecurities, you know. And I I've been fortunate to be working in my environment here, where I could easily feel like that because Newcastle is a place and a club where you don't really have much of that ethnicity. And I think the club would, you know, would agree with me in in that sense. So when you first come in as a you know someone who looks different and also from a different area as well you're going to have um some challenges with that and people are going to perceive you in a certain way but i'm grateful to have the academy manager that i have here and i've had you know all, all kinds of issues and challenges since i've been here you know not so much with the club maybe you know personal circumstances because where my family might live in in terms of where i live and where they live in terms of kids and stuff so i've had to be really open with my academy manager and I've chosen to be like that but I've also felt comfortable enough to, to to go to my manager and say look these are some things I need help with what do you think and 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 we've we've found solutions and I think that helps me be a better person because I feel that I can trust people and that also helps me yeah. be, be better in, in in my job in my role so I think when you're going to be on uh, uh, courses and stuff I think at first is you probably agree. I don't know how to explain it, but you know when you first go in these courses, there's always that 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 level of like, I don't know what the word is, but is it is it that level of like, some people like you, they, so at first no one really says that much, and then people start feeling comfortable, <laughs> and then and then some people start to be a lot more open with. Uh, maybe the words they use or they start to be more challenging, and there's nothing wrong with them being challenging. It's they're, they're challenging in a way that maybe. Uh, asks something of someone in terms yeah. of maybe to elaborate more. Yeah, and um, and I think that's important because we're not all the same, and some people might perceive that to be well, what's, yeah. what's his issue or what's her issue. But yeah, that you you need that. You need I, I think to... something something that's really key. What you said there, the key takeaway for me, you know, just I'm just paraphrasing is 
that diversity and that acceptance of diversity allows allows a platform for more for authenticity. And I think if you just go back to your experience with your academy manager, as example, it links back into what we said earlier about players, right? It's having that individual approach, like we're treating everyone equally, we're not treating everyone equally, we're treating fairly because he's now coming up with solutions or you guys are coming up with solutions together to kind of suit your needs as as, as, yeah. as a coach and, you know, making sure that they can get the best out of you. And I think in turn, you seeing that effort made by them to make your situation better yeah. means that you're internally, you're saying, well, I want to give back even more now. It's an investment. It's an, yeah, it's investment. an investment. Exactly. We, that. Know that we know with anything that we invest in, ultimately start by investing in yourself. Yeah. Invest in yourself. And I think everyone else will invest in you. You know, 100%. if they if they if they see if they, if see, they the see your value. Yeah. And then and, and then vice versa. If I see the value in someone investing in me, um, I'm only gonna I'm only gonna work harder and strive for more. If you yeah. if you if you've already got those motivations and a desire to succeed and and be a role model because that's what that's that's partly why i'm doing it i'm doing it for me i'm doing it for my family and i'm doing it for us and us is that diversity that that generation of individuals that maybe had some of those barriers and those challenges they're the people i'm doing it for um and i i don't i don't stand up here never um portray to be someone that knows everything i'm always trying to learn from other people i always want to be better and, and i'm yeah. i'm a worse critic and i'm starting so, to try and improve and be better in that but i'm, I'm trying this. to do it for like for us and and for all and, and all yeah. will be all walks of life of people with different ethnicities people that just want opportunities um and 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 to see that if you actually if you work hard for something that you believe in um and and um and and that and you have a dream you can do it you can achieve it i believe i will get there and it, and it's tough and it's tough i believe i'll get you know to where i want to work in the professional game and and, and my aspirations and i've always been clear about that and at times i've said that i feel embarrassed saying it because i'm not an ex-player professional player i'm not someone who's maybe had uh, uh historically more opportunities you know in terms of football um and you, you they're your challenges but it's a challenge that I'm up for and it's something that I'm going to fight for. And yeah. there's many days where I, I I feel rubbish and feel like I can't do this. You know, I want to give up. Like these long journeys are taking it out of me. I'm spending less time with my family. You know, I've got I've got my own challenges and personal stuff at home that I need to deal with and I need to be there as well. But I think ultimately, as you said, and, and, and it's nice to hear it, if you show that passion and you're consistent with it, wherever that might be, most things will work out for you. It, you know, yeah, work out accordingly. So, so let's let's talk about it. And obviously, you know, you're in a position right now at Newcastle. You know, as with everything, you know, you mentioned there again that it comes with its challenges. Let's, you know, let's let's talk about that journey between. So you, you know, yeah. you moved into starting your own coaching organization off the back of doing your A license. Yeah. Where's your journey gone from there? And how have you ended up at this point here? Yeah, there was there was many frustrations that like when I come out of the A license, I think when I got to the point when I was doing my B and A license, I, I really invested in wanting to use those sessions as well. So there was an element of where I trusted in terms of that education that we was receiving, and I was really infused by it because I was also working at semi pro clubs where I could then take that learning onto the pitch in that environment I worked in. And I'm seeing some individuals out there that are currently doing that uh, from I think last year's. Uh, uh, the, the recent cohort of the mentee development program and it's really nice to see that that people are taking that learning 
and, and, and putting it in the environments that they're working. So when I was doing that, uh, and I felt like I was out there um, taking my work and, you know, trying to apply that uh, and being working hard at that one from one opportunity led to another opportunity. So that might be in a, one semi-pro club led to another, another semi-pro club. And it might be for the wrong reasons as well that, you know, maybe the managers didn't invest in, in me and what I was trying to bring to that environment. Or maybe we didn't see eye to eye and that was some of the challenges I had to kind of deal with. Um, but those experience experiences shaped who I am as a person and as a coach, because what that taught taught me is that you ain't always going to see eye to eye with a with a manager or your working team. You ain't always going to have it your, your your way in terms of resources and maybe a type of playing style and the players that are that can work with you and whether they listen to you. So you're going to have to adapt. And it was constant adaptation wherever I was. So from them environments, I then went into um. I then went into like academy football as well, where I was working at Charlton um, and I was working as an under 14s assistant coach. And, um, and we had a, a real group of players and and going back to what you said, I had a real solid coaching team where me and that individual invested in each other and we were on the same journey. So I guess that helped as well. Um, and, you know, we had a lot of similarities. So that was nice to kind of have that kind of working team. And I think you know, along along those years that were passing by and along those experiences that I kept finding myself in, um, there was many frustrations because I didn't feel like I was going anywhere, you know, and I felt like I had so much to give and I felt like I, I felt like I'd done a lot as well. I felt like whatever I was doing in terms of my qualifications, I would take them and then I'll put them, I'll put them to action. Um, I was, I was, I had the experience from many years before where I worked in the States. So I worked with kids, I worked with different types of abilities. Um, I've gone out to other countries as well where I shadow and observed um, ex-professional football players. So I could try and learn from them as well in different circumstances and different environments, which I've obviously spoke about a lot today. Um, so I just, I felt like I was doing everything and I just needed an opportunity. And I think the mentee program gave me that opportunity because it was a, it was a, pivotal moment for me because I think there was probably a little bit of resent there I mean I remember me and yourself spoke you know and I remember when we first spoke and I think Peter Peter Augustine put us in contact with each other and I think we was at that moment we was you literally side by side in terms of where we was at even though we had different things happening and you know in our circumstances wherever it be but I remember we spoke and I think we was probably at the same stage you know in terms of uh, having these interviews and being knocked back and how much of this can I kind of take and um, I think the mentee development program was pivotal because what that helped me was that the learning I got through doing that that program and that job i.e the presentation skills being around other individuals that I can engage with and I can learn from and that maybe inspired me in different ways it helped me look at myself more and I realized that you know what like for two years or three years before the mentee program, after all these experiences that I alluded to, I was I had this negative experience of going back into academy football because there was one on one side that I I enjoyed the semi pro game because I always looked at it as real football because I had all those experiences that I learned from, you know, where you're turning up at sessions and people are swearing at you and all sorts because they're coming from work and you're trying to teach them like these types of sessions that you maybe learn to do an A license or B license. And not that, not the, these particular ones that tutors are taught you, just, you know, just a game, 
you know, but it's specific to to help players prepare for the in the best way for their midweek game or the weekend. But it's, they're just coming from work, and they you know they might not be interested. They just want simple, and and maybe that's something that we always as a coach had to adapt to. So that was that side of football I really enjoyed because I I looked at my my myself where I thought that's where I want to be. So that's like a natural natural step for me to be be there. But then on one hand, I didn't get the professionalism. So then the academy football is going to give you the professionalism in terms of mm-hmm. having the nice resources, networking with other, with other individuals from other clubs, going on maybe study trips. You know, wait, you still there, yes? Yeah. So going you know, having these experiences and 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 actually feeling like you're wanted as well, like you know you're you're in proper football in that sense. So I think those experiences and doing the mentee helped me that you know what like. Instead of me maybe resenting, instead of negative words coming out my mouth yeah. and my language, I'm going to change. I need to change because now what I'm going to do, and, and, and obviously this is where I am now, what I'm going to do, and this is obviously during the mentee, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go into clubs and I'm going to show people how good I am. Instead of worrying about however many people is above me, in a club in terms of age groups in terms of where i want to get to and whether i'm going to be able to move them in the most respectful way or or at least get to that stage and work with them in terms of the journey the ladder i want to be on um because then if i go in and show how good i am there's no excuses like i go in i'm going to show people what i can do if people think i'm not good enough that's fine I'll, yeah. I'll i always look at myself as a person anyway i think there's something really key to highlight there and i think it's really important to touch on this is you could go somewhere you could be valued and you could be recognized as good enough but there's no opportunities at that moment so don't let that yeah. be uh, uh don't let that deter your thinking to the idea that you're not good enough yeah and sometimes and i think this is one of the biggest challenges and i, and I speak to a lot of people about this um and you, you'll probably understand and appreciate this as well. Being a coach in London. Yeah. Man, we've got a shitload of clubs in London, right? And we've got some big clubs in London. But the thing that people often in London don't accept and understand and, you know, are open to, I think, I think we're less reluctant or more reluctant to do it is actually leaving London to go, yeah, yeah. Like, like you've done, you know, bloody four hours north, north, north of the country. Yeah. And recognizing that actually not only are we in london we're competing with one another as an example for the potential opportunities that might or may not even exist yeah but then we got god knows how many people trying to come into london yeah so are you are you actually giving yourself a realistic opportunity the best chance possible to progress your journey pre-progress your career and get those opportunities because it might be now that actually you know you go there you go to newcastle do a couple years at newcastle and it might not be that you stay at newcastle you might actually now use that platform to get back to where you want to get to or or on that journey but you, you, you know, what you're doing in the process of that is you're developing your relationships, you're expanding your network, um, you, you, you're getting access to a different environment that you haven't got, if you haven't access to before. Um, but more specifically, you're starting to build that body of work. You're yeah. getting your, getting, you get, you put yourself in positions where people can actually see what you can actually bring to the environment. Now, it might be, as an example, like you know, if your, if your ambition is to work in the professional game. And, you know, by the professional game, looking at the senior game in particular, it might not be at Newcastle, but that's fine. Yeah. Because there might be someone who you come into contact with in that opportunity that you've got now that actually ends up in another position later on. It says, actually, you know what? Armit, I like that guy. 
I like the way that yeah. he works. I, and I'm really, I'm really, you know, that's what I need in part, as part of my team. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's recognising that, right? And it kind of takes me back to the top of the conversation around why coaching. Well, for, for me, I've never really thought of myself as, oh, yeah, I want to be a manager. And I've spent a lot of time in the last few years in particular really kind of delving into coach education and coach development. But fundamentally, I'm a coach at heart. But yeah. management's never really been something that's really interested me. So, I, you know, for me, I, it's, it's the thought that I want people to start to think about is, do you really want to be a coach? Do you want to be a manager? Do you want to be yeah. an assistant coach? Do you want to be a set-piece specialist? Like, what do you yeah. actually yeah, want, yeah. right? And, and, and what are you doing to make yourself better at that thing? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the key takeaways I want really kind of people to start to think about as they a, listen to this and just continue in their journeys is what do I actually want? How am I going to get there? What, what are the key things I need to do to achieve that specific thing yeah. rather than going down the mindset of, well, I want to work in the pro game. So that means I want to be a manager. Well, no, because yeah. it's not for everyone. And sometimes you yeah. might actually be better suited to not being the manager. And then, you know, the flip side of it is That's this as well. On. Do you, do you want to be the manager? Do you really want all that risk and responsibility? Because if, if the rest of the team don't get it right, it's your job that's on the on the line, right? Yeah, and some of and, these and, guys, and, might, some and, of these guys can, might actually get kept on. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right, and and I can honestly and openly say that I'm still learning that I'm still learning that that whole coach and manager thing. As much as I'm, uh, um, I say it with conviction, I'm still learning because if you've not been in those environments and had that exposure you don't know what that feels like or you know you don't know what that really looks like so i think having as you said some of the exposure to other people that have been in those environments and we've got a, an abundance of that at our club at the moment which is brilliant especially for someone like me that inspires me you can tap into that you're you're, you're you know and, and it listen it's like when you first become a a, a parent you don't know uh, um, how it's how you're going to be like as a dad and looking after your children and stuff and you learn and and I think it's also important to back yourself that that actually you you, you might want to be a manager. You get to a stage and you might not succeed. Um, yeah. It might not be for you, but at least you put yourself in those positions. And it might not be that that, that first job was the right one for you. Um, and and it it might for be, so many different reasons as well. And I think that's the really important piece, right? It's so yeah. many different reasons that it could it could not be the right job or the right opportunity yeah. for you. You might get an opportunity, and this is why sometimes I think you have to look at the opportunity, and you have to weigh up. You can't just accept it as an opportunity. You have to, you know, look at the pros and cons. What, what, what are you trying to get out of it? Because if you know what you're trying to get out of it before you go into it, then you could be more attuned to the fact as to whether you're actually getting that thing out of it, right? Yeah. And I think so many people, like as an example, you know, if we just speak to a lot of coaches, I say they want to work in the professional development phase. Yeah, that's great. But you want to go work for a professional development phase just for working professional development phase sake, or actually, do you want to go and work somewhere where you feel like you're going to get developed. You're going to get those opportunities. There is there is a growth. There is a pathway potentially for you. And if there isn't, that doesn't mean there's an issue there, but it just means, and the thing I really want people to kind of take on board from it is know what you're going into the situation for yeah. and know, because you now know what you're going into it for, you can then assess whether it's the environment that you need to be going in to get those yeah. things. Definitely. Does that make sense? And then I think oh, you can then maybe become a di bit more deliberate and intentional with your efforts and your time in that environment. So as an example of that, you know, if you go into, I don't know, Club X under 18s coach and you know that Club X has a history of changing their under 18s coach every season. Are you coming in with a mindset of, well, I'm going to be the one that changes that, which is great. 
But if you know that's the history of the situation, then yeah. you should you can plan and prepare better for that because there's a volatile dynamic environment of, of yeah. what's going on there, right? So just something yeah. to think about there. I, I mean, I'm conscious of time, but I'm just if you were if you were now at the start of your coaching journey, knowing what you know now, what are some of the biggest thing? What 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 some what some of the things that you'd want to tell yourself? If I was at if I was at the start of my journey now. Yeah, knowing what you know now, no yeah. twenty twenty or twenty five years on, what are some of the yeah. biggest things that you think you could kind of? I wish I wish I knew this at eighteen. Obviously, you can't go back. You're twenty six or twenty five or whatever age it was that you started. Yeah. But what are some of the things that you you just felt that? I mean, you talked yeah. there a few moments ago about being able to tap into some of the experience of people around you. Now, when you first start your journey, you often don't know where to look, so yeah. you often look at maybe who the nearest individual in coaching capacity might be and. You yeah. might actually be following someone who ain't got a clue what they're doing. So this bl- it's the blind yeah. leading the blind, right? So I guess yeah. knowing what you know now with some of the experiences and maybe some of the knowledge and maybe some of the wisdom that you've picked up along the way, what yeah. maybe like I one think, or two key messages that you kind of want to give yourself? Yeah, I think I think for me, so uh, whether they kind of are like a positives or negatives, I think a couple of things that come straight straight to my mind is like kind of know your strengths, like, you know, what's your strengths? Um, and how do you bring that to the table? How do you how do you develop those strengths? Because I think I think a lot of us naturally we always go to the negatives about things that we don't do well. Um, if we even do that with players sometimes, like we want players to improve and focus more, you know, on the things that they're not doing instead of the things that they are doing well, and how we can develop that. And actually, we might prioritize in terms of which ones are actually more important. I think the other thing is like um, just take time take time like take time just to really like you know just to learn uh, um about yourself learn about you know the game like the, the area that you want to go into like the your career you know there's a there's a lot to it and there's a there's an awful lot to learn but you know take steps have a i, I don't want to say have a plan because i think sometimes when we say have a plan um you it's like having a deadline like you you then that that gives you a level of anxiety. I think like it's like you have to do this by then. I don't think I don't think that matters. You know, it's, it's like sometimes you see in these applications that wasn't going to be a five year plan. Like, bro, I can't think about five years. Like, I can only just about think about now. Like with millions of things that's going on, I'd I'd like to tell you where I'd be in five years, but I don't know if that's really relevant. Like, and and whether that's realistic. Do you know what I mean? And and how much of that are you going to buy into that? You know, when I tell you that um so i think i think time strengths um and and just kind of learning about yourself learn about yourself like you know just keep keep putting yourself into situations where um where you you do have fears and how do you how you overcome those fears because i think it's important to be vulnerable um and and put yourself out there but from when we're young like we're watching what other people say and we care about what other people think and we still do that now as adults and I think if you can put yourself into as many situations as possible where you're scared but you're you're open to the idea of of failing and learning um then I think that just helps you grow as a person I think that's what that's what matters I think that's a, a good way to put it I think the key thing that kind of really stood out for me there more than anything was Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Yeah. 
allow yourself to be vulnerable and it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's such an important thing right because I speak to coaches all the time and especially when they're going into different environments and new environments they think you know they're scared of people that if you're scared it's understandable fear is understandable but fundamentally this if you, it, whether you're scared or not the one thing's for certain if you don't take any action it ain't going to change yeah yeah, you know what I mean? What's the worst that's going to happen if you go in there and you mess it up? Well, at least you tried. What can but you learn from it. it? Yeah, this is it. And it, and I think, and I think you know, it goes back to the point you mentioned about being a parent and a coach. I'm giving that same energy and that same information to my children, but I'm not doing that myself. Now, they might not see that, but we but we probably agree they see most things that we that we do and most things that, and hear most things that we say. Yeah. So how does that look like then when I'm not when you you know what type of messages am I giving and look we're not perfect and that's the whole point that um we talk about it we're not perfect and can we be vulnerable but ultimately if people are looking up to us which they are because as you said earlier at the start of the at the start of the podcast that you're more than just a coach so all these roles that you have you're in it you're in it deep so like yeah. you ain't if you want to do this yeah coaching you need to understand that you're not just a coach. You're gonna you're gonna be taking on many roles. Yeah, and not just that, that, I think you're gonna be many roles, but different roles for different people. Yeah, one hundred percent. So going back to the whole parent and coach and shaping you as a coach or shaping you as a parent, it works hand to hand. So I think that's why I've always. But I'm not saying that any coach who's, who's a parent is better than a, uh, any other individual coach who, who isn't a parent. But I do think that there, there are some. Um, there are some significant um, attributes and significant um, uh, key things that those that individuals that are parents can really bring. It's um, transferable in, things, yeah. Yeah, transferable. That's it. Yeah, in in again in in the environments that they find themselves in. Definitely. Um, yeah. Definitely. It's been a pleasure, man. I yeah. really enjoyed really enjoyed it. It's been good to catch up with you and just really find a little bit more about your journey and and you know, how you've got to where you got to so you know, just on a final is there any lasting message that you want people to think about as they as they as they sign off on this one you know first and foremost thanks thanks for the opportunity man i know like you know as i said we, we met each other a couple of years ago and i'm grateful for people and us in touch with each other because it, you know, correction on that it was actually paul davis was it paul davis sorry do you know what it's it paul, sorry paul davis yeah <laughs> who was obviously my shoot on the a license yeah um and what guy is as well um someone that probably have to touch base with um I think I think that believe in yourself I think believe in yourself you know we've got a lot going on and um and and, and like mental health spoken about a lot as well you know which we didn't touch up on and there probably wasn't a need to touch up on but a lot of the things that we probably spoke about would would affect our mental health in, in one way or another we're probably we're probably not aware of it um because you just you just get on with it right so I think like believe in yourself and just take time, just take time for yourself because ultimately when you are a father and, and you're a father yourself, like you're in it and it's it's constant. But when do you actually when do you actually like uh take time to stop for yourself and actually just put yourself first? You know, I think at times we feel guilty when we do that. So uh, take time to stop and put yourself first and go and do something that you really enjoy. And it might not be associated with football or sports or anything. It just be, it might be simply just walking down the road and taking it in. And we've got a lot, we've got a lot of places in Newcastle, countryside and stuff where, you know, I literally take it in and 
I really mean that, you know, because it's important. It's, and we're in a uh, a difficult period in, in 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 the times and things that we see. So just take time and put yourself first, and don't be so hard on yourself. Be kind to yourself. Amazing, Ahmed. Thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it, man. No, thank you, yes. And I'm um, look, listen, keep doing the work that you're doing. And anyone else out there that doesn't know about what you're doing, like uh, you're the guy, man. And I'm like, I'm gonna keep watching what you're doing, and and hopefully we can work together in many ways because. For me, this is this is that you know positive energy that we need, and 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 anyone out there that wants to kind of get in touch with me and you know engage in any way possible, I'll always do my utmost to give them time around the commitments that I have. Um, Amazing. So yeah, brilliant. Well, there you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast, where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent, and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favorite episodes with everyone that you can think of. You can tag us in those mentions as well on Instagram at The Coaches Network or on Twitter at The Coaches Net. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And until next time, guys, take care. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.